Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Jump Time. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL Podcast for round 12, 2021. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who is shocked. Carlton is to hold an external review. It's Adam Rosenbachs. Uh, g'day, Michael. Yes, it's, uh, it's all reached a pinnacle down at the Carlton Football Club. They had a uh, terrible loss to the West Coast Eagles yesterday. People were stunned that the Blues lost to an undermanned West Coast Eagles. I myself won big betting against Carlton for West Coast to win between 1 and 39 points because I'm not a fucking moron. So that actually was the punt you put on? Oh, totally. Absolutely. Like they were paying really good odds because West Coast was so undermanned in Sydney and I was just like, ha, 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 ha. oh, sports bet. <laughs> oh, I, know, I know my team. I know my team. This is going to be perfect for me to make some sweet little cash and that's what I did. Should have gone with junk bet. I know they offer a lot better odds, but I have been cut off because, you know, the money in the Caymans. Anyway, Carlton are conducting an external review. And seriously, what for? What are you going to learn? Like, we already know uh, you're going to give up three easy goals at the end of a quarter. Tick, bang, done. What do you need to know about that? We do it every week. It's great. You know what we'll also do? It'll give a tick. They don't even need to review this. Carlton will get three goals down early. We'll fight back. We'll sit just behind you. We may just get in front for 30 to 45 seconds, and then we will lose by four or five goals. Tick, bang, done. Why do you need to review that? You know, the other thing you don't need to review is that we've had the same assistant coaches there for about five or six years, and the same things keep breaking down in our defensive uh, mechanisms. Why do you need to review that? It's fucking working like a plan. Like, it's just, it's, I just, I don't understand what the review is going to get out of this fucking club. I do love it too. After nearly 20 years, they're finally gone, mm. I reckon we should probably look into a couple of things here. <laughs> yeah, this, this, this isn't, uh, this, this seventh reboot we've gone for hasn't quite gone very well. No, no, no. Let's not rush things, okay? You know, yeah. seventh reboot, <laughs> rebuild a charm, okay? That's, a, that's what they say. That's what they say. That's what they say. Yeah, let's, instead of dropping Mark Murphy, let's just make him the medical sub so that when he does come on, he's even less impactful than he normally is. Fucking tickety tick. So they talk about the incoming president. They don't yes. really talk about Luke. the incoming president. No, Luke Sayers, I believe. Leo Sayer, someone I believe. You'll be, is, uh, someone you'll be shaking hands with at the uh, Caltonian functions that you go to. Yeah, that is true. So so Leo Sayer is on board at the Blues. I didn't realise uh, Matt LeBlanc was leaving. Uh, I thought he was leaving straight away, not the end of the year. Oh, no, it's I mean, too big a handover at Carlton. You've got to yeah, finish off the respected job that he's doing. <laughs> you can't just walk away from that mess. There's a great line here in the article in The Age. So this is what I literally mm. announced like maybe like an hour ago or so. Yeah. Uh, several board members believed a review would take place at the end of the season. And this is a great line. If Carlton didn't make the finals, 
So they went into this mm. year going, we are, we are absolutely going to make the finals. Don't book that review in yet. Don't book yeah, it in. We're if, wait. If we, we can wait yeah. till deep into September before we can. <laughs> yeah. And what is it now? It's the 7th of June. <laughs> <laughs> and they've gone, oh, fuck, get the review team in. We need it. It's happened. So who's going to be conducted by? Okay, who, let's think of the teams have done full reviews the last recent years. Famously, I suppose, Collingwood. Uh, at the end of 2017, when they announced they decided to keep Nathan Buckley because there was, you know, yes. obviously a lot of speculation. Um, so that was done by leading businessman Peter Murphy, okay, uh, who was who was um, one of the co-presidents for a while with Mark Corder, wasn't he? After Eddie left, they had the two of them. I'm pretty sure Murphy was the other one. I feel like they had a full review at the Gold Coast Suns in 2017, and they've gone from right? strength to strength. They have, they have. Of course, Richmond are kind of one of the big ones that came out of a, of a proper review in 2016 and they had uh, Craig Mitchell, an advisor from Ernst & Young. It seems to be these big um, financial companies, isn't it? Like, you know, like PwC and um, KPMG and all those kind of things. They come in, they do an audit, they look at everything and they go, because they say here, a 10-week review. Yeah, wow. So it's not a fucking, it's not a cheap thing to get done, isn't it? I kind of wonder, like, I'd love to actually find out the information on what they actually do. Uh, you know, how they kind of work out, are you doing a good job, doing a bad job? Like, I suppose there's a lot of interviewing, a lot of observing, I suppose. But also, like, they're not looking into finances or anything. Like, they're looking at the structure of the club and how to, I suppose, get it to work better. Well, I guess out of the, the Richmond one, what came out of it was the club employed an experienced football boss. So they got Neil Baum and restructured the team under him. So these guys must look at... How things are flowing, like yeah. a, a flow down effect and who's doing what yeah. and what kind of experience and what sort of help that Damien Hardwick needed around him. Because remember, Adelaide, I think, last year brought in Jason Dunstall and That's Matthew right. Pavlich That's right. to conduct their review. Yeah, wow. There's a lot, a lot of money to be made in the review world. Hey, we should get in on this shit. Mate, how good would we be as a review? You go, that's fucked. He's gone. I wouldn't do that again. There's $10 million for the junk time um, uh, review. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. I can't remember Hawthorne having a review. I suppose maybe back in the day of uh, just before Clarko, at the end of Schwabby, maybe they did something then But because we were without, yeah, a, I, without a president, a CEO and a coach. And so I suppose that to kind of maybe get their, get things in order then. But I've never actually like an official, you know, we're bringing in people for a full review from the from the president, oh, all shit. the way down oh, to the boot yeah. stutter. He'd be shitting himself at Carlton. <laughs> he would be. He would be worried. So they said. So um, Leo Sayer at Carlton has gone around, and even though he's not president yet, he's been in Sydney for business reasons, and the club has been up there for the last two weeks because of COVID, and so he's gone kind of gone in and had some informal chats with some of the players, mm. and it says here in the article, and this is great. Uh, at least one player has talked about the lack of clarity in the team's game plan, which is what you want. It's what you want from a player and also that that gets leaked to the media, mm. which is fantastic. So he's gone, don't like, I, don't know the, I don't know the game plan, but we're, so we're not executing what we don't know. And then also they say uh, another question, elements of team selection. Now, I would imagine if you're the coach, uh, mm. having a pretty clear game plan is really probably number one priority, wouldn't it really be? Oh. Yeah, be up there. Be in your top five, I reckon. Just so the players know what the fuck they're doing. Now, how long's Teague been there for? When did they get rid of Bolton? Uh, this is, is his second full year. Yeah, okay. So, we got rid of Bolton in 2019, you'd say? Yes. Yeah, yep. okay. And then so questioning the selection. Why don't you just question then yourself with Mark Murphy uh, being the medical sub and then coming on? 
Well, it says here, like another question, elements of team selection. Oh, maybe it was Levi Casbolt just saying to Leo Sayer, just going, mate, I, I don't understand. He fucking picked me. What the <laughs> fuck would you do that for? I'm terrible. I'm out of form. I don't you know what I'm doing. Quick spot. I was running around like an idiot back there. <laughs> and they keep on doing it. They've been doing it for years and years and years. So it's going to be an interesting thing at Carlton because it's so full of, uh, you know, power brokers and powerful money men to be able to go, this is why. And, you know, what if the review says, hey, your board structure is a bit shit? Because if you ask for a review, you've got to accept what it says. Yeah, okay. Yeah, gotcha. And so if it goes, oh, maybe you shouldn't have this many kind of people, you know, with just sort of financial backing and not really football people, and those money people will go, I don't like that bit of the review. Let's yeah, redact sure, that. Yeah, sure, sure. I like the bit where I come out of it really well. I had that bit rewritten to say that I am great for the club. When you talk about the power brokers and the like, I mean, there's Bruce Matheson, the pokey king. So he's worth like, I think it's about 700 million, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. So is he throwing money in um, by the fact that, you know, I do feel like maybe that kind of Carlton power broker thing is a bit more of a time of the 80s and 90s maybe and not so much today? No, I spoke to someone last week about Carlton and what goes on down there and they said it's a board issue. They said there's still people like, you know, still factions and, um, you know, power plays all the time within it. And so it never, nothing ever gets solved properly because there's so many different uh, elements at play. Okay, so there's a lot of conflict and they're trying to keep their spots and maybe trying to oust other people. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a bit of that. And also, like, Matheson, he gave money a while ago when we really needed it, but I think Carlton have kind of steadied the ship a little bit and are out of debt. But um, so he probably doesn't have... But also... If you've done that for the club, you're a bit like, well, you're not telling me to fuck off now. A little bit. It's a little bit like, um, uh, you know, donating to a politician. And you're like, hey, yes. I helped get you get elected. And I think That's it'd be, exactly a, I think it'd be a bit smaller potatoes here in Australia than compared to America or something. Um, but I gave um, five hundred thousand dollars to Scott Morrison to re-election last year, uh, two years ago. Oh, you're, you're a good man. Yeah, yeah. And it was purely you're a smart man. It's because I wanted, um, I wanted a spot in cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're sick of wanking on desks in your own town you Oh, mate, it's, do it in Canberra. Good, it's just good to have a different you know point of view you know oh, it's good to have a different desk different desk you know just yeah. walk around parliament house going i haven't done that one yet <laughs> oh god can the you, interesting I thing oh, it, anyway i can't believe that happened i can't believe that happened I don't and get that, onto and, politi- and that wasn't a bigger deal the interesting thing about Carlton is that the one thing that we don't do very well is we don't run out quarters and everyone's talking about our fitness. Now, we got our fitness guru from Hawthorne. You we, did. That was a big, you know, part of the big poaching thing after we got Bolton. That was great. And then we get Andrew Russell. He's supposed to be the fitness guru. And we are gassed at the end of every quarter and at the end of every game. And we just give up three or four goals because we're fucking tired. Well, A, I think you find they call him a jack. Very creative. They do. Uh, but, yeah, that's actually a good question. So he's been there for a couple of years now himself. So hopefully yeah. it kind of has worked in by now, like, you know, the 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 process and stuff. Like, he's actually quite fascinating when you see him at training. Like, not like I go and watch training, but like the um, – I'm not a fucking idiot. Uh, but the when you hear him talking to the players and the way he breaks down the body and, you know, and builds bodies back up and stuff, it's quite, quite incredible. I've actually seen him bolting around uh, Princess Park a couple of times. Oh, okay. Because he's, he's like trying the, to run up, like try to run away from the place. <laughs> he's trying to get out of there, and then his little ankle bracelet goes off, and they come out and chase him down and zap him. Ah, uh, no, I'm sure it'll like turn out fine. I mean, you look at the last review, I suppose. Mm. Uh, Buckley, they went to the grand final. You know that Collingwood one. They went to the grand final, and since then, everything's been perfectly fine, and nothing's the yeah. matter. <laughs> I look forward to our review. 
Uh, can we talk about our Patreon, Adam? Love to, mate. We love to. We love getting the support from our listeners. And thank you so much for everyone who's jumped on board. And you can still do so. You can still do it. If you're, if you're not in COVID-ravaged Melbourne and you're, you're doing very well in the other six states and you're loving life, then why don't, you, why don't you chip in and help the people who are doing it tough in Melbourne? How have you been going? Wayne Jackson Studio. How have you been going uh, with the lockdown? Um, it's pretty shit. Like, it's just, um, the, the worst thing about it was, uh, you know, they announced one week and it was supposed to go from Thursday to Thursday. And I don't think there was one person in Melbourne who made a plan for that following Friday because yeah, sure. it was never going to be a week. And everyone just was like, what the fuck are they lying? Like, just don't lie to us. Just yeah, tell us yeah. it's coming. So hopefully it's going to be, um, finished on Thursday, but you just, Mate, you just don't know. Yeah. It's a COVID world, Michael. We just got to be. We got to adapt. You know, move on the fly. You know, I heard a little thing. I I don't know if anybody um had really thought about it, but I heard that twenty twenty was a pretty strange year. I heard it was strange times. In fact, no, nah, I didn't. I don't remember that. I find it hilarious. Not hilarious. It's mm. COVID. It's not funny. But like the fact that you know we go down to lockdown. You know, as like there's four cases. And then you're looking around the world, and it's like... I know. There's tens of thousands a day, and it's like, no, no, we're staying open. I mean, yeah, I mean, cool. I was reading about the Olympics the other day, and it's like, just don't have them. <laughs> just do not have them. But they, yeah. I think now it's at the stage where they're just like, there's so much money involved. It, it has yeah, well, that's the thing. Ju- it's just money. It's just like, we need to get that money. We need to spend that yeah. money and get that money. But we, we, we don't yeah. want to do it either, but we kind of have to. So if you want to subscribe to Japan's Patreon, you're yes. more than welcome yes. to. But uh, we would love you to get on board. Patreon.com slash Pod, And of course, we have our f- fantastic stubby holders available. You can get those at uh, junktime.bigcartel.com and support the Junk Time podcast as we head into our, what is this, our seventh year? Seventh? Eighth? 2014. Eighth? Yeah, eighth year. Oh, fantastic God. effort from us. Oh, that is sheesh. great. And we haven't missed a week, Adam. Haven't missed a week. Are the only, no, we did miss that one week where I was in hospital. Or did you put out a podcast? I Maybe don't think I, I put one out, actually, because I, uh, I think I just put a message out that's saying you're okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I was hoping so I was to yeah, I was hoping for it to kind of get a bit more dire so I get a bit of sympathy. <laughs> well, while we talk about COVID, we'll get, let's jump ahead to um, uh, everything that's kind of gone on in the COVID world. So the, the Adelaide Crows got themselves in big trouble. Um Flying back from, where were they coming from? They were coming from Sydney or the Gold Coast back to Adelaide on a flight. And they didn't, Taylor Walker and Luke Brown and a few staffers didn't have their masks on. And they got fined 50,000 bucks. That is fucking huge, isn't it? That is pretty massive, isn't it? Yeah, like, um, but they, they kind of got ratted out though too. Totally. But like someone's taken a photo from yeah, across yeah. the other, like the, the across the aisle, someone sitting in the window seat on the opposite side of Taylor Walker. And he had his mask on, but he had it below his chin. Oh, I feel like he didn't have it on at all. But having, maybe there was Luke Brown who did that. Yeah, but having said that, like he might have just had it off for a couple of seconds. Now, she called into Triple M to complain about it too. This, oh, is that right? This rat. She called yep. into Triple M. Uh, maybe your mates. Are they they're ruin... Ruin dits. Yeah. And... Um, she called in and told them about that, and um, and said, but said they were walking around the cabin with them off or not worn properly. And the steward, one of the stewards, had to say, "Hey, text, big text, big text, putting up the big jokes. Can you put up the big jokes and put the mask back on?" 
Can I just say, though, Tex Walker, you, we've all seen him, and I'm not mocking him for this, but that wouldn't be easy to get those uh, straps around those ears. Like, he's... <laughs> where are you going to get elastic from that goes right around? Like, he's going to need a banner to kind of hook around the back of his ears. And then I found it very funny that in the press conference after their game on the weekend, mm. one of the reporters asked Matthew Nix if... Uh, it was a distraction that maybe they hadn't played well enough because uh, they were still thinking about the the $50,000 <laughs> fine. And I was like, I'm amazed sometimes that AFL coaches just don't go, what the fuck are you talking about? You fucking idiot. Is there any players going out there going, oh, no, it cost the club $50,000. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, what am I going to do? As he was as he was uh, going in for goal. Is yeah, like, yeah, having a shot for goal. Man. Yeah, yeah. Should have um, so that man. was quite incredible. And, I mean, you safely say Matthew Nick's... Um, uh, said, uh, you're a fucking idiot without saying the words, you're a fucking idiot. You know what they should do, though? Because it comes out of the uh, soft cap. It does. Right? And so that's 50 grand that won't be in the Adelaide soft cap next year, which basically means it's going to cost someone's job. And what the AFL should say as they're handing them the fine is say to Adelaide, now you need to pick that person. Yeah, yeah. And you need to parade them. In front of the team, I think you got to. I think what they should do for a soft cap fine and for the mm. person who might lose their job is that yeah. they have to a call the person to tell them that they're losing their job, but mm-hmm. b they then also have to go and tell their kids uh, that they get. That, <laughs> oh, the, that, do you mean text? Text has to. Yeah, do it? yeah. That mum or dad yeah. is not going to be working at the club next year. And yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you might have got used to that private school, but uh, you're going to have to change to a different one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that that puts it back on the players. Then they're going to be distracted during a game when they're thinking about the three small children that they've cost food to. But is it actually more exciting that you get told that your mum or dad has been fired if it's by one of your favourite footballers? That actually might be more yeah, exciting. Yeah, true. I, I, I would have been on it as a kid if dad had been fired because something the Dominator did. I always had an idea. Uh, no, I haven't always had an idea, but I had an idea. And it was like, I suppose, uh, kind of cameo, I suppose, but for like bad news. So, if your yeah. f- if your father passes away, okay, yeah. so you get like f- hot people essentially. So, your father passes away, and then you find out from the person, you know, who do you have a massive crush on, like a celebrity? You know, who's your free pass as such? For like Chris Hemsworth. Um, yeah, and so then cameo, you get Chris Hemsworth yeah. to <laughs> tell you that your dad's dead, and you'd be like, ah, oh, shit, that's really sad. But on the other hand, I'm talking to Chris. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, you know? So, so it softens it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I think it'd be kind of a nice little business, a little Bunsen burner. Yeah, it would be. I'm sure a lot of celebrities would be well and truly on board with that. You've got a lot of great business ideas. I do like it. Yeah, sure. So it's like, you know, hey, I'm Robert Downey Jr., you know, mm. know me as Iron Man. Um, I, I got some news. Your father's died. Uh, why are you crying? Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, that's my, that's co- copyright Michael Chamberlain. Yeah, no, I don't know why you're not uh, a billionaire at the moment. <laughs> but anyway, you've got to keep pitching these ideas, mate. They'll stick. But also, of course, in a COVID-ravaged world, we had the um, the South Australian Chief Public Health Officer, Professor Nicola Spurrier, come out during the week mm. and said that firstly that – and what I loved about it is it's almost like she's never seen a game of football in her life. I found it kind of – I think she said she'd been to a few games and she's not totally okay with it, but it's like – Surely you'll, I mean, having said that, she might, you know, be from a, a non-football state or area or whatever. Heck, she might have grown up in, you know, Myanmar. We don't know. Um, but I, I found it interesting that if she lives in a very AFL-heavy 
But also, because she said, you know, I, I haven't watched a lot of games and I sometimes apparently the ball goes into the crowd. It's like you don't even, you could watch three minutes of football. You live in a footy state. You can't escape that shit. You know the ball goes into the fucking crowd. Well, I mean, even most ball games, the crowd, the ball goes into the crowd <laughs> at some stage. Like, See, that's where I'm thinking she doesn't go to many sporting events and that she... You know, she. You know what? She seems. She seems like an opera person. That's what I'm getting a sense yeah, of. She okay. spends her time watching an orchestra in the pit, and she's worried. Like she would say, "Don't get too close to the soprano if you're in the in the orchestra pit, because you know they're expelling a lot of air from their lungs. So be careful." Well, did that I seem more her type of vibe? Did I tell you though when I went to the um, Swans Collingwood game a few weeks ago, because uh, mm. Sydney had a, a couple of a case or two. Um, that because of the the rules as such, um, the Swans did their team song out on the field because the rules said oh, yeah. no singing. You're not allowed indoors. to sing indoors. Yeah, yeah. That was so weird. Mm. So she came out and said, don't touch them, and then uh, don't touch the ball, and then the next day came out and said, well, not only because it's uh, COVID, but also it's being handled by uh, a lot of sweaty men. So therefore, if you do mark the ball, wash your hands before you grab your chips. Now, I have never thought... Of a football like being covered in sweat. sweat. Like no, no, it'd be wet. Like it never comes to you greasy. No, yeah. no, no, because they, they wouldn't be able to hold it if it was constantly wet all the time. Oh, well, actually, that, well, that's a stupid question because it's a winter sport. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but if they close the roof, close off the roof. But yeah, I, I've never picked up a ball and gone, "Geez, pretty sweaty, ooh, smelly." Or I've never gone for a kick and gone, "Better wash my hands before I eat these chips." You just assume it's all part of. Part of life, isn't it? Wait a second. Why are you playing a game of footy with chips in your hand? Before <laughs> you run around kicking the ball. Oh, mate, I like to make things harder for myself by having a greasy ball. <laughs> you know what? Ball. You know what I used to do when I was playing? Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Best first year player, St. Mary's, uh, Salesians. Uh, do you uh, want to talk about it? D4 Division, 1998. Yeah. Don't talk, I don't, I don't want to bring it up. I mean, I can talk okay. about when I got seven for 12 once, but I don't want to bring that up either. Great cricketer. Um, but uh, you know what? The... The stuff you rub on your hands. Oh, the stick'em. Yeah. Uh, back in my playing days, I found chicken salt was the perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, when you started playing, and this is juniors, they'd always give you like a, a couple of pellets of PK or Stimarol or something when you were running out? Did you have that? There was like a big bucket. You grab a couple as you're running out to have some chewy. No, I can't really remember. What would the point of that be, do you think? Oh, I think it was just because maybe the... Um, VFL players didn't, so we kind of did it. I, I don't remember there being a reason. Or if you like spat on your hands, then it would be sticky. Yeah, yeah. Like I would, I think I would lick, lick or spit. Not, I don't think I'd lick a spit on my hands. But then I got pretty heavy into the. What did you call it? It's not sticking, but it was like yeah, it was the equivalent of. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I'd go way heavy, so I'd have a bunch on and then kind of pat it onto my jumper. So washing the jumper was an absolute nightmare. But I remember yeah. one time going into a game. I don't know if that was that year I won best first year play. It might have been the year after. And yeah. I went into the middle of the ground. It's like picked up the ball and just chucked it up and down a bit. And then the umpire came into the thing and he's like, somebody has tampered with the ball. <laughs> tampered with it. Yeah. And he ran around kind of like a, 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 a chook with its head cut off. And, and I, because the, the sticky stuff had sticky come stuff. off on, it, on yeah. it, like a little bit. But I was like, yeah, I was, it, I was like, tampered's a strong word, mate. Very strong word. <laughs> Mate, you're the David Warner of footy. But he d- I do remember but, he got very excited very quickly. But also as a part of COVID, so we had games moving around and we had the dream time in the West and wasn't that a great spectacle? And it has led to Perth at Optus Stadium saying, hey, if you can't have the grand final at the G, we're fucking on board. 
I feel like they probably would have got it last year. Um, AFL probably needed to pay back Queensland a little bit, but also the yeah. uh, WA government didn't make much of a, didn't make much of a play for it because they were like, we've come this far, we're not gonna, yeah. we're not going to beg for it. I think that's what Mark McGowan said. Um, but yeah. I think Mark McGowan did whatever the fuck he wants now for about fifteen years, given the state of Parliament <laughs> right now. I can't remember if you yeah. told you this, but like, there's there's like two uh, uh, Liberal members, LNP, um, and <laughs> they had to t- t- decide on the leader of the party in WA. <laughs> What's this a coin toss? Isn't it? <laughs> and one of them said, oh, "I'm not going to run. I don't have the numbers." <laughs> there are two. Oh, that's great. Imagine though you had it, and the other guy stabbed you in the back, took the leadership. <laughs> You're like, "Fuck!" But uh, I definitely think if the MCG can't have it this year, then uh, I think uh, mm. Perth would be uh, number one on the the rankings, the power rankings. Do you reckon though? Do you reckon that Adelaide are out of the mix just because? Oh no, I, mean, I don't think they're out of the mix. I just think they're a yeah. second, and I think purely by the stadium. 60,000 people, there's like about 15,000 more than, um, and just the way it kind of can look on a grand final, I think. And it did look great, and the footbridge was heaving and as everyone went to the dream time. It looked awesome. And then also, a great thing for the players, because after the grand final, uh, it's mm. a much quicker flight to Bali. So Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And you've there, apparently there's some good nightclubs for footballers over in the West. Yeah, I hear there's a, there's a few little spots. They can, uh, yeah. they can get a little fiery every now and then. A little, be the, little fiery the handgun a little bit every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's been some heat coming from the media on players on the weekend, in particular the St Kilda game where Jack Higgins and Max King, our own Jack Higgins, by the way. You've got to leave this guy alone. Our mate. Our mate. And, uh, and Max King. Um, so Jack Higgins kicked one goal six. And basically, I mean, to put it mildly, he costs and killed of the game. Well, they were in the final. I think he kicked two points in the final two and a half minutes. So yeah. it was a bit kind of rough for him, yeah. And so the, the, the sort of headline that came out of it, I saw it as a tweet that then became just the headline that was listed everywhere. It was Missy Higgins, which kind of is a little bit amusing. Like, you know, you've had a bit of a shocker. You move on, don't you? You, you learn to cope. It's I can see why they did it because it's kind of cutish, but I also kind of go okay. I feel like there's maybe it was a bit over the line. I think. Yes. Yeah, so basically, what's happened is Simon Lethlean has come out and said, "Hey, um, please don't do that. We'd prefer you know just to be just to be very balanced." Particularly, they said they they didn't like what was being said about Max King. He only had four possessions. He was pretty bad. He got he got. Did you see that? gentle touch from uh, Dane Rampey that he fucking hit the deck and got the 50 metres for. Well, he had four touches, um, but it turns out he was actually injured. So I think he had a back problem and he went off, yes. so he went off from training, I think, on Thursday or Friday. And then uh, Brett Ratton said it was an awesome game by the fact it was one of the first mm-hmm. games where he's like playing through pain. So what you got to do, Adam, you got to do that. you got to play through pain. But you know what I've always said? Once you cross that white line, mate, you are fucking 100 and... 75%. No, no, no. What you often say to me is uh, when you mm. snort that white line, <laughs> you're 170%. Yeah. Oh, fucking <laughs> mate. I'll take on anyone. No one's pushing me over, I tell you. Um, so what do you think of Lethers coming out and just saying, hey, back off a little bit? Is it just one of those things where they did go too hard? But also is it, and I love this, this is another footy word that we don't use, is it incumbent on the club? Oh, I love that word. Okay. You'll hear that a bit. I've got to pull some levers when I'm using the word incumbent. But... Is it on the club to say, hey, he's got an injury? Like, do they have to, you know, like Patrick Cripps, everyone was saying, mate, he's been shit house. And then they came out and said, yeah, well, he's got a broken back. (laughs) I actually feel like you would would comment on the injury by the fact it kind of gives them a bit of a, eases the pressure a little bit. Just by the fact, I mean, I know, you know, if I was running around and I had, you know, 
a, a torn hamstring and was you know doing a, being a bit a bit of a dud, you'd hope that I, I would prefer it if the club came out and kind of gave me um, a reason. And also too, it's not like the eighties where you go, oh mate, he's got a little bit of a rib injury, and twenty two players ran through your ribs. Yeah, at sure, the sure, bounce. sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. You know, or the, in the warm up. You know, it's just like nowadays you go, oh yeah, he's hurt. They come over, they hug you. No one's target. You're not targeted. When's the last time? Someone was targeted. Yeah, we need those good old days back, don't we? Mate, when you, like, uh, was it um, Acker announced that um, Nigel Lappin had injured ribs for the 2003 grand final, and that basically cost him his um, place at the club because they were like, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> Dude, how could you say that out loud? But then there was, like, Hodgie in 08 where he kind of went in with, I suppose, suspected uh, problems with his ribs. Everybody imagine. Yep. Um, they, they knew there was probably something wrong with him by the fact that at half time, at the uh, quarter time of the um, uh, previous week's game, uh, he was spitting up blood. <laughs> and so I think everybody oh, yeah. went. I feel like there's something going on with Hodgie. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? We'll just give the we'll give the lung a jab and you stop bleeding internally, <laughs> and you'll be fine. You get out there and you play some footy. That's what it's all about. Hey, uh, our old buddy Eddie Maguire is back in the news. It's not even worth saying back in the news by the fact he's always in the yeah. news. But also, I don't like... I, I'm with Eddie on this. I don't like Eddie being attacked and people saying that, you know, he's um, he's pulling some strings on the board and he's, you know, got his, he's got his hand in the, in the Jeff Brown camp and he's, you know, he's working his way behind the scenes. And Eddie has come out this week and gone, I am sick of people saying this. And he said, he named names. Mm. He said, Michael Warner of the Herald Sun and Michael Gleeson of The Age... You are liars. Yeah, yeah. So he did a bit of a rant on Footy Classified on a Monday night and said that he... Because, uh, I mean... Wednesday night, mate. He's a Wednesday night hero. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I, I watch I watch the Wednesday night show on a Monday before yep. the Monday show just to kind of get back in the mindset of Footy Classified. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. Okay, no, I get it. I get um, it. Yeah, so there's been a whole bunch of stuff. So... He, he, he and you know rant. what? I I know people at Footy Classified, and they had to get Eddie to to do that thing. He didn't want to. He didn't want to talk about it. But he and they're like, "Oh, come on, Ed, just do it for us." But he talked about he has been working on sponsorships for Collingwood. And mate, he's got nothing to do with the club except for the sponsorships and stuff for the AFL. He has no. He doesn't have anything except for that little thing of getting sponsors to the club like a president would. <laughs> Apart from that, he's not doing anything at all with Collingwood. I don't think this is a very passionate fan. I mean, I know there are many times I've rocked up to yeah. uh, up, up to Waverley Park <laughs> and the offices and walked to the CEO and just said, yeah. "Please let me negotiate this contract with yeah. IONet. <laughs> <laughs> let me sit down with the Premier of Tasmania. I got to. Yeah. I got. I'm just a passionate fan." <laughs> I'm just an ideas man. <laughs> I've got a little, I've got an Ian and Optus. Come on, let me do this for you. We'll be okay. I'm unveiling a statue out the front <laughs> of the Westpac Centre as a passionate fan. But then he talks about he did a sponsorship for the AFL as well. He's getting a nat as well. Yeah, yeah so I, I want to know, like, <laughs> basically, I mean, if you, if you, it's, a, it's a tough one, isn't it? If you were the AFL, you kind of do want, because he's got a lot of power. He'll open doors. He'll open doors. He will open doors, but he'll also close a lot of those doors as they're being opened once they see who he is. And I reckon that's the fine line where they go, fuck, do we run with him? Because he knows a lot of people. And then when they open the door, they go, oh, fuck off, mate. We're not dealing with you. He goes, I'm just a fan. We go, still hate your guts. He's kind of like a charity mugger. You know the charity muggers? Like yes. They, yep. they actually do a lot of good work, but you also don't want to go anywhere near them. Yeah. Teddy Maguire in a in a nutshell. Wow, you're a charity mugger, Eddie. The the charity mugger's job has been just been made so much harder by um, 
headphones and Oh yeah, sure, phones. sure, sure, sure Because everyone's got their headphones on when they're walking past me Just like, sorry mate, I can't, listening, listening to music can't, oh. can't, uh, can't help, can't stop Famine. I had someone come up to me the other day. Uh, I said, "Needs ABC." Any um, oh, Clang dropped a name. Oh, Lefty, mm. do gooder. Busy. Uh, <laughs> 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 no, sorry. I um, I was I was going into um, uh, uh, hanging out the front and just calling a bomb threat. And I had a guy come up to me, and he was very over the top, very happy, like doing a big act. And he and he and I was like, "No, mate, I got to get to work." And he's like, "Ah, yeah. oh, but I, I only stop legends like you." I'm Good like, one. Uh, you got me, champ. It'd be a shocking job, but they do actually do get money for people, so you know they need all they all the money they can get. Yes, that's right. But Eddie's side of being a liar. Oh, mate, how dare they? How dare they accuse Eddie of? I mean, you give me one. You tell me one time, one time, one time he has, he's been dishonest. He has misspoken. Yeah, in what? Mm. At, from beginning at his time as a journalist. You tell me yeah. one time that he might have one made something up. Or yeah. the. Uh, oh, I can't think of anything. I remember that was it last year? Yeah, it was last year when he said that um, Steel Side Button had done the old, the old fashioned trying side to bottom. find the b- side bottom. What I say? Yeah, side button. Oh really? <laughs> 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 oh, that's a guy I played with at St Mary's, one of my best friends. Yeah. Um, he did the old fashioned uh, trying oh, to mate, find the bathroom, walked out the front door in his underwear. Bump, yeah, bump, haven't we bump, all done it? Bumped into the cops. <laughs> bumped into the cops. I got a lift home with the cops. Just fucking what? Didn't didn't go back to Daniel Wells's house and ring the fucking doorbell. No, the old fashioned. Thought, mate. The old fashioned. Yeah, he, th- he thought I'm in one of those. I'm in one of those massive outdoor toilets. Where's the loo? Fucking what are you doing, Wellsy? Just before the show, I did do a, a Google search of Eddie McGuire and lying, right? And uh, and mm. a lot came up. Well, I, I couldn't do that much of a search because we were pressed for time. But then he talked. Uh, I think it was a year or two ago. I think maybe a year or two ago. Talked about. Um, uh, that the AFL were getting angry at the umpires for being so aggro in the box, and he was saying that Chris Scott had been told by the AFL to stop being so aggro, and Chris Scott said that's absolutely not true. I've never got a call from the AFL ever. Yeah, but see, yeah, but Chris Scott's wrong. He must have he must have been very sleepy. Okay, then maybe they called him yeah. up. At th- you know, when you kind of have an idea at three in the morning when you wake up and Absolutely. you go, oh, yeah. I remember it in the morning, and then you wake up and you've got dream? no idea. Yeah, yeah. I think Gil called up Chris Scott at three in the morning, just hey, hey, mm. come on, mate, take it easy in the box, and he was like, yeah, pull back, yeah, whatever, whatever, mate. <laughs> yeah, wear your jacket, mate. Go wear your fucking jacket, yeah. and then he Eddie woke, knows it. Yeah, sure, okay. And then also think about all the times. Eddie McGuire said to a contestant on Millionaire Hot Seat, mm. uh, thanks for coming here. It's a pleasure to have you. He doesn't want to talk <laughs> to those fucking people. Yeah, yeah. It's been great meeting you. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, good, <laughs> good story. Yeah, yeah. Really? You have an art ant farm. Wow. <laughs> You're a really cool guy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's all happening in the AFLW offseason. Taylor Harris. Now, she has left the Carlton Football Club and has... Um, basically shopped herself around to every club in Victoria. And they say here in an effort to reignite her football career. Now, I wouldn't say it's to reignite, would you? I mean, I know she didn't have a great season with Carlton the past season, but I wouldn't say reignite. No. I'd just say she's just trying to find a new home. She's a three-time All-Australian, and I think she finished about 10th in the best and fairest for Carlton this year. Um, yeah, okay. so, so it was a slower year, I suppose, for her this year. and then they can- But she's... She's got in trouble because she put that big fee on her head and most of the clubs are like balking at it going, well, we, we, one, we don't think you're worth that much. Because remember that Collingwood player came out a couple of seasons ago or last year 
and said, we're not really worried about her if the ball hits the ground. She's, she's pretty rubbish. useless. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think if I remember correctly, she gets about 30 grand to play and then I think she yep. got about 50 grand on top of that for marketing and other activities. Yeah, okay. And so she's gone, I want 150. But you also kind of go, yeah, did she say that or was that the manager? Um, and so I do think she's worth 150 for sure by the fact – I think the manager actually – actually, well, now I'm quoting a manager and we know they're very trustworthy. <laughs> I think the manager put together a thing about how many times she'd been mentioned in the press and said it was worth about thir- – I think it was worth about $30 million in advertising, like if you, you know, okay. made that an ad. Um so but I they also say she also says money is not the driving force for us. Yeah, so I wonder how close Carlton got to actually paying it. And you'd kind of think like if she actually if she actually really enjoys being at the club and it was mm. like maybe 10, 20 grand less, maybe she should just be like, you know, I'll hang around. I love to be here. I hope that she hasn't priced herself out and um you know, and and there is there is a real possibility she could be lost to the game because she also wants to stay in Victoria, so she doesn't want to entertain interstate um, uh, offers. Yes, yeah, so she's basically the, the saying it's down to two clubs, Melbourne and St Kilda. But how's this? She's saying to try and remain in the hunt to make her, you know, um, attractive to for teams to grab her. She's been training three times a day, mm. and, and I just go, I reckon it's not like you know. You, she was sent away from Carlton because she was unfit. Like, I would say she's probably, as a boxing, someone with a boxing background, she would be one of the fittest AFLW players getting around. For sure. I actually even wonder off the top of my head, would a boxing uh, training regime be tougher than an AFL regime? Oh, I think it would. I actually think it would. Because remember in Jonathan Brown's book, he used to talk about going back to Warrnambool and training in a shed, and the guy used to make him do these punishing rounds. And he would try and beat them every time he went out there. And then, and so yeah, I actually do. And Joe Watson famously turned to boxing before he uh, cheated his way to a Brownlow. And we um, uh, saw today when two icons yes. of the uh, squared <laughs> circle came together in uh, Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And uh, great, great fight. I mean, I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah, great fight. But I'm worried about her training three times a day like that. What else are you doing in your day? And also, is that really helpful? Like if you're doing a morning session, you go, all right, you have some brekkie. Then you've got to leave four hours for the food to digest. Then you're doing a lunchtime session. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, all right, you're going to be pretty fucking hungry and tired after lunch. Is she having a nap? And she's going for a third one. Like that's a lot of training, Michael. Yeah. I'm worried about it. Yeah, but you are the low dogs who uh, have uh, kicked her out. So it's on your club, your dirty club. You need a full review of the um, Taylor Harris uh, ousting. Football in real life, man? Hit me. Uh, from Joe Brider. Uh, last week I went to my local Costco in Moorabbin. Ooh, someone is doing a very well uh, to pick up a few things. Entering the store was a tall, older man that seemed familiar. I watched as he first took a look at some Dyson vacuum cleaners and then some outdoor mm. furniture. A few minutes later I saw his face and instinctively said, Dammy! It was oh, Dermot yeah. Brereton. He Great. flashed me the pearly whites and said, how's it going, mate? Have a wonderful evening. All in the same breath and then headed off. Pretty cool. I, like, I and Dermy's super friendly. I don't think we've had a Dermy in real life. No, I don't think so either. He's so friendly, Derm. He's lovely. Yeah, yeah, if you're a blonde 23-year-old. But apart from that, he... <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're going to hit the road. We are Junk Time Alpha Pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook and the Gram. Go. Go Blues Review.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.